Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. What? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What is up? Welcome back to Watching Up. Um, I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. And we're back to give you another sensational episode. Talking about what we've been watching, discussing major events in the pop culture world. How yep. have you been? I've been as good as can be expected with a broken ankle. Well, we don't know if it's broken. Miss um, um, Leg, you're gonna get her checked going, out. Yeah, we're going to get a X-ray today, probably right after this. So we shall see. I don't think it's broken, but I don't want to like go like ten years down the line and then have some doctor be like, "Oh, you had an injury that was never." properly fixed and I'm like a major I, injury. I did this to myself yeah you definitely so, want to get yeah. it make sure it's not like anything um too bad anything yeah, that'll affect sure. you down the line but I've been time. yeah I've been making it work <laughs> yeah, yeah I just it's so we're so lucky that we work from home because if not I would be out of luck yeah for sure I know. I can't even imagine. I've been working from home so long. It's like I even forget to think about these things or I'm like, gosh, what if I had to go into an office? Yeah. It makes so much sense why I was so much more stressed when the office was a thing. Yeah. Um, that we had to do every week, every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. God bless. I've, bless up. <laughs> I've also been struggling with my um, dry shampoo game. Me too. Uh, like, they don't work anymore, and I don't know why. Which one do you use? So I got a new one that I I was at Target, and I was, like, looking at all the reviews, like I do in the beauty section. Right. <laughs> and I, um, I found one called Colab. You probably heard of it. Yeah. But um, it had really good reviews, and it was, like, not that expensive. It was under $10, so I was like, okay, let me try it. It literally does nothing. Ugh. Like, I spray a million pounds on and my hair is still greasy and I'm like, okay. But then I also implemented this new rule where I can't buy something new unless I'm out of it. it like, yeah. I've run out of the product because mm -hmm. the product buying just got out of hand. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to finish it up. But it's just not – I really love my – um. Blow, uh, dry bar dry yeah shampoo. that one's the best I think I've tried but it's like $24 a bottle and they run out so fast and I'm like yeah so I'm capitalism. struggling I don't know if you saw this it was like a few months back that I saw this like study came out kind of mm -hmm. like exposing all of these different um, dry shampoos for having mm -hmm. like cancer causing chemicals in them yeah and so ever since then, I'm like, I think it, it it's mostly like the aerosol ones, obviously, because they have to have some sort of like propellant in them, mm -hmm. I guess. That's like is what is the issue. And so I've been on the hunt for like a non aerosol dry shampoo. But then, you know, they have these ones that are just powders that you pump out and they're mm -hmm. so messy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be like vacuuming my bathroom every time I use my dry shampoo. It's like. It's an impossible ask. But. It is. And you never, you know, you can buy them, but like you said, you never know if they're actually going to do their job. No. And then I'm like, should I go back to being a I wash my hair every day girl? Like, 
I was in like high school. Mm-hmm. Like I literally <laughs> haven't done that in probably 20 years or something. Yeah. Not 20 years, maybe 15. But um, I don't want to because that's a lot yeah. of work. It's um, not the vibe. And I don't think it's good for your hair. So I'm in a hair rut. And I'm well. I'm struggling to get a appointment with my hair person. She's great at doing hair, but she's not great at communication oh, and scheduling. So that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm so getting my I, haircut today. Actually, oh, that's yeah. exciting. That's Probably the same old shit, but <laughs> I was like, "Are you gonna do something new? Are you gonna no. show up with a pixie cut next time?" Yeah. Oh my god, do not even put that on me. Having curly <laughs> hair, I feel like it's so hard to like try different mm-hmm. things, like try different styles because you know I wear it curly and straight, so it's like it has to look be- good both ways, mm-hmm. and that's always kind of a tough balance to find. Yeah, but yeah. Yep. Mine's, like, the opposite problem where it's, like, so straight and, like, almost, like, silken that, like, I can't, like, it won't hold any type of... hold the style. Like, it'll hold a curl if I, like, use a really hot wand or something, but, like, I don't really do that anymore. Like, I want... I tried these, like, heatless curls the other day. And like one side was like curly and one side was like. Did you do like with the bathrobe belt? So I got this actual like silk thing, like Like pipe system, like (laughs) pipe from like a gift exchange thing. So I was like, oh, cool. Let me give this a try. And I did it right. Like when I had it in, it looked great. And then when I woke up, it was just like curl straight and I was like well this isn't exactly what I was going for but I might be inventing a new style but um, this wasn't the fantasy but it could be. <laughs> this is what I got versus this is what I ordered um yeah. <laughs> but yeah so I'm just in a hair right like it's my hair's gotten long but I feel like it's not as like thick as it used to be and like I don't know if I should just cut it short but then oh that know, would be a you know the struggle change. though like I feel like every time I do one of the things I love it for like a month and then I'm like yeah I want my long hair back and then if I have long hair I'm like I miss my short hair and it's just like ugh. yeah I wish I could wear wigs every day I know that's how I am we'll stop talking about hair in a second but <laughs> that's how I am with bangs like every time <laughs> I get them I'm like I love them but then they grow out like a half an inch too long and I'm like nope I can't yeah The hair banter. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I mean, this is what you signed up for. This is what you signed up for. We're going to be talking dry (laughs) shampoo. But yeah, you know, with you being recovering and all, um, we've got a lot of stuff that we've been watching. Yes. And there's been a lot that's happened. Yeah. Um, Should we start with the Grammys? They just happened a few days ago while we're, as we're recording this. Yes, if we must. Me and the Grammys. <laughs> I know you have some thoughts. Oh, so one something about me is like we said in the last episode, we are like award show girlies. We love to watch award shows. I am I am seated for everyone. Um, but the Grammys is not really my shtick. Like my I don't favorite. know what it is. I think it's just because like I 
don't tend to keep up with like current music if that makes sense like yeah I don't listen to new music <laughs> unless it's like a super popular song or something like that yeah um I was telling you I think Harry's house is like the only new record that I actually listened to the whole thing so mm-hmm. you know by default I was like happy that he won <laughs> but yeah um I know that you have some thoughts about that so I think for me like my problem with the Grammys is it's the only not the only one like obviously I always have issues with who wins what award in any award show at least one category but like I think it's the only award show that consistently I feel gets it wrong and it's not just like a matter of opinion it's like no like that was not the right choice right so um it's very frustrating I feel like watching the Grammys and trying to like reconcile what it's supposed to stand for like like according to whose opinion was this the best album like and I think I need probably would need to do more research on like how these are actually voted on but I think like Mm -hmm. the voting body is not representative of what's actually happening in the culture so it kind of there's a disconnect I feel right and that's like you that's a thing with just all award yeah. shows and all the yeah. bodies. Yeah, it's a sure. real issue that we've been talking about for years at this point that need to be addressed. Um, but so my main gripe this year, obviously, was Beyonce losing album of the year to Harry Styles, whose album I did like. So I'm not here to like hate on Harry Styles, but. <laughs> You better not. <laughs> I love Harry. <laughs> but Beyonce has now lost album of the year four times to Adele, who we also love, to Beck, to Harry Styles, and um, the fourth one is escaping me. Maybe Coldplay or something? I don't know. But yeah, don't um, know. just, it's like a common... Like, you can almost predict it at this point. Yeah. And I feel like if there was any album in her career that I was almost certain deserved this award, it's Renaissance. Because if you haven't Mm -hmm. listened to it, it's just pure joy. So fun. It's You listen to it all the way through, no skips. It's like, it's just like, if you won't like it if you don't like happiness. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it, but it just puts you. If you're safe. (laughs) yeah if you're like the devil no I'm just kidding but um like Harry's House is also a good album but objectively and I think like you can look at any publication that like makes music their like number one critique Renaissance was always rated higher like always got a number one spot on like best album of the year lists and any Mm -hmm. like publication magazine newspaper so it's just like where's the disconnect like why can't she and I'm not saying like oh poor Beyonce she obviously broke the record and has the most Grammys of any artist but at the same time how are you the most decorated artist and don't have an album of the year award right (laughs) and like if it was gonna be any year it would have been this one I feel like so yeah that's where I kind of have my issues with this yeah do you think it has anything to do with like the maybe the pressure that they feel to stay relevant and to stay like hip and like reward what the young people are like loving um 
possibly. I just don't know. Like, I don't know enough about, like I said, the voting body to understand, like, what their criteria is going into, like, the voting process. Because if you also look at it just, like, like, analytically, like, and I keep saying, like, I'll try to stop doing that, but her renaissance had three out three songs off the album that each individually won grammys and no Mm -hmm. other album had more than one so it's like if three of her songs are deserving of winning categories then why is the album not worthy of yeah album of the year like it doesn't make sense if you like scientifically look at it right and it kind of feels like there's some sort of like vendetta almost against awarding her because she's so decorated Mm -hmm. so I don't know I have thoughts and feelings but obviously we're never gonna know exactly what happened but I know you know how much I would love just more transparency as far as the data of these like voting bodies yeah because you know if these votes were public like if like you could see who voted for what and why I mm-hmm. think there would be a lot more thought put into it. Yeah. Um, and a but lot also a lot more, I guess, a lot more sway. Right. So I can see why they keep these things, like, secret. But at the same time, I'm, like, I just, like, selfishly want to know, <laughs> like, what people are doing. Totally. But, yeah. I mean, I did obviously enjoy watching the telecast. And I think Trevor Noah's funny. Um, yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job. Like, yeah. He's done it like two or three times now. Um, I mean, he's very like non-controversial. Like I don't think he ever says anything <laughs> that's super yeah. like, um, like would offend anybody. So um, he's but not, like, playing with fire up there or anything. There was one highlight that uh, I loved about watching. Like obviously we love watching – Stars and celebrities interact with each other, but having Lizzo and Adele at the same table was yes. our I was, Taurus queens. Our Taurus queens. And it was like they were on a double date. Yeah, I know. It was so cute. And like, I just love their energy. And like Lizzo's acceptance speech was my favorite. The best speech of the night by like, far. I just feel like if you're going to win like the highest honor in music and then you can't be like joyful and excited about it like she is like Mm -hmm. what's the point like she just is so honest about her feelings yeah and I just I just love her so much and I love her philosophy that she talked about about just like making positive music and you know there's no I feel like you know as an artist you can obviously like write about or create about whatever you want or whatever you experience but I feel like the the idea of like just wanting to put out um positivity into the world like rather than using your platform for something um, more negative is just admirable and you know I can think of some artists who do the opposite (laughs) so yeah for sure and like no yeah and I mean we haven't talked about this yet but we are Tauruses as well um yeah so we relate to them On a spiritual level. I'm a May Taurus. You're an April Taurus. Yeah. So I think Lizzo's April and Adele is May. So 
I don't know if that <laughs> that correlates to <laughs> our personalities, but yeah. Um, um another tidbit speaking of like asides kind of like shots in the audience. Um mm-hmm. is Benefer 2.0 okay? Like <laughs> <laughs> The jury's out. He looked absolutely miserable. He looked miz. And I'm like, at this point, like, I don't understand what they wanted to get. Like, I know, like, obviously you probably want to take your husband as your date, but, like, just bring your friend. Like, nobody needed, like, another Benefer red carpet picture. Like, if he didn't want to be there, it's probably better for him to stay home because now, like, all of the conversation around you guys is like are they gonna make it like we don't really but you know there's still there still would have been conversation if she had showed up alone or if she showed up with someone other than him because everyone's already talking about like are they on the rocks already like yeah I don't know I don't think I would have thought anything if she like showed up with like somebody else or just like Mm -hmm. you didn't want to go because I don't necessarily necessarily see like Ben Affleck as like the best biggest like I want to go to the Grammys person like so um yeah I don't think I would have thought anything of it but yeah just watching him was like very cringe Mm -hmm. but I also don't want to like cast too much assumptions about like what was going on because obviously we only know very little portion but it was just funny like every time and you know the camera people and the producers were like trolling him because they yeah. kept showing him. Yeah, they made so, yeah, they knew what they were doing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean if he was just having a bad night, like understandable, we all do, but I was just like, Ooh, yeah. Not a good look. I know. I know. And I do I like I want to root for them because I feel like it is such like an iconic thing for them to like be back together after all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know things based on the, you know, the few snippets that we've seen of their relationship. It just, it's adding up to. Yeah. It's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll see what happens there. We shall see. Any other thoughts about the Grammys that you wanted to touch Trying to on? think. I, I was- had a, so the best new artist category like really shook me to my core because oh. I had never heard of any Samara. of them except yeah. for I, I don't know how it's pronounced I think it's Monaskin. Mm-hmm. They think they sing begging begging you. Oh, um, I didn't know that. That's the only one. I that saw I them on SNL once. Oh yeah, that's how I heard of them. Um, yeah, did you had you heard of any of the other ones? No, but the the woman that won Samara Joy, um, yeah, she's like a jazz artist, and just from that clip that they played of like her voice, I could tell Beautiful. I was like, whoa, like yeah, she that is a amazing. silky smooth tone. Like I want to listen to her music, so yeah. I will be listening soon. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, I thought it was funny, like, as soon as Sam Smith and um, Kim Petras performed, I was like, oh, people are going to, the the Satan panic is going to be wild tomorrow <laughs> online. And I was right. It was so funny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Party City hat with the horns. I was like, if this is what you're afraid of, 
Good luck to you. But <laughs> that song is a banger. I don't yeah. even care. It's it gets stuck in it's like an earworm. It gets stuck in my head and I'm always like, I'm not doing But like yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the words. It's just like the <laughs> it's yeah. the the melody. It gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Congrats to Kim Petras. That was a moment for sure when they went up and um accepted yeah, their award. I was together. really happy for her, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, so The Bachelor was on the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're recording this, there I think it's been three episodes into the yes. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we finally got a little bit of drunken mess in this episode. Yeah. And I'm so happy for it because it's it been a bit of a, a schlog this whole it time. It needed a... Uh a boost of something like it needed something injected into it to make it worth watching. Um, I don't know if you feel like this when, I mean, we've been watching the bachelor. Like I remember watching the very first season of the bachelor when I was in middle school, like it's it's been that long. Um, And like, I feel like a lot of my friends also used to watch it, but now I feel like I'm kind of the last one on the train like I feel like a lot of my friends don't watch it anymore is that mm-hmm. something you've experienced or I've actually I think that like for most of my time watching The Bachelor like we were really the only ones like my friends didn't really watch it mm-hmm. and over the last few years um, I think I've kind of like convinced them to and they've mm-hmm. slowly like jumped on the bandwagon yeah um, but I did fall off a little bit in the middle like I think after it might have been after like Juan Pablo's season where I was just like okay no and then I came <laughs> back around like uh, I don't remember like Caitlyn's season maybe mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely been like some seasons I missed like towards the beginning, but recently I've watched every single one and like whether or not I like felt like that was a good decision, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I enjoy having like the like we said appointment television, like my yeah. husband watches it with me, we get really into it. He like There's got to be of, something to look forward to on a Monday, like Yeah, like it's... he has, Yeah, he has a lot of commentary that I like love. Maybe yeah. one day we should do a segment where I just record his like bachelor commentary. Yes. <laughs> but um, you can come on and tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He has a lot of thoughts. Um, but it's fun. Like I, I look at it more as like a sporting event. Yeah. Than something where I'm like, are they gonna be together forever? Yeah, like they have like, to find true love. Yeah, like, that's not what it's about anymore. <laughs> right. It's more to me about the drama, which is why I'm glad. Christina Mandrell brought the drama this week, but I know short lived though. I know I was shook when yeah. he sent her home. I was like, I was too. I did not expect it. I was like, did he go against the producers and do that like without them knowing? Because yeah. there's no way they wanted him to send her home. No, they gave her a last name. Like they don't give people last names. Yeah. And I get because it's like she has famous relatives or whatever, Mm. but I, like I was telling my friend came over to watch it um, on Monday and she was asking me like what I think of Christina. And I was like, at this point, I kind of feel like they're poising her to be the next bachelorette. That's what I thought too. Yeah. But then she was like, became very villainous very quickly, (laughs) which I feel like in order to be bachelorette, you have to have, you can have like a hint of villain, but you can't Mm -hmm. be like 
full villain and she like went full villain she went full villain yeah so um maybe she i don't know nailed her own coffin but um yeah she was very mean (laughs) very mean to the other girls so yeah um, whenever um what's her name when charity got the the date rose or the group date rose and she was like i honestly just don't get it i'm like I'm very confused. I was like, (laughs) okay, just keep it to yourself. Like, yeah, you don't have to say this. And I think that I honestly think she was drunk on all of the, you know, every time that she was doing something controversial, I just, I do think that she was drunk and I'm Mm -hmm. like, maybe she doesn't drink as often because she's a mom. So maybe, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, but still like, I don't know, just some of the stuff she was saying about like thinking that she somehow deserved more than the other girls or like I don't know was mm-hmm. in the she obviously thought she was the front runner and yeah it's fine to think that but like to go to when there's literally like 20 people left <laughs> like right. this is very early in like the show so yeah um yeah to be like no I'm the front runner and we have a special connection because you had one date I'm just like no. okay but, yeah yeah I did miss the first I think like 30 or 40 minutes of the episode so I didn't see anything up until the football date okay. was there anything exciting that happened before that oh my gosh see this is where I should be taking notes because I know I didn't take any notes either my memory is just not what it used to be but the football date so um oh I think before the football date, Katie had a one-on-one. Did you see that? No. Okay, so they did like, you know who Katie is? She's a nurse from Austin. She's the one where I first saw her on the first episode in her little like introduce yourself package. And I was like, oh, I think she wins. Like, I don't know why, but she just seems like the winner. (laughs) So she's big thing. Yeah. Um, and up. she looks really familiar oh, yeah. to me. She looks like Diana Ar- she Agron from Glee. From Glee. Yeah. Um, she's really pretty and seems really nice. Um, and she lives in Austin. So I'm like, this is all like falling into place. But yeah. they had a like night at the museum date. So mm-hmm. they like went to the Museum of Natural History when it was closed and were like running around. And then they actually, it was an overnight date. So, oh. like, all the girls at the house were, like, waiting for her to come home, and she didn't. And then <laughs> she came back at, like, 7 a.m. wearing pajamas. And oh, my like, gosh. this is, like, a walk of shame. So, and was it just, like, pajama party vibes? Yeah, so he, over? like, they had, like, dinner, and he was, like, I have a surprise. And there was, like, a tent right in front of, like, the elephants. <laughs> the elephant Wow. <laughs> Would you want that date? And it was like two like <laughs> twin beds in a tent, like Lucy and Ricky style, like very far apart from each other. And wow. Um, so it was like <laughs> they were setting them up to be like, don't worry, they didn't have sex. Right. This like, isn't a fantasy suite. Right. That's but then later. they like showed them like pushing the beds together. <laughs> oh my God. That's so um, funny. But yeah, I like her. I think I think she goes far if, Pretty if far. she doesn't win um but i think that charity goes far too for some i reason. love charity i, I said that on the first adorable. episode and i was like she was in a lot of like the season preview and i'm just kind of like get a good vibe from her mm-hmm. 
Honestly, I think all these girls could do better than Zach, but what else is new? (laughs) (laughs) You know, The Bachelor is always, like, some very mid person that these women should not be fighting over. Right. Um, They're always the ones that make it entertaining, and I do kind of, like, take issue with that. I'm like, why can't we also have, like, a charismatic Bachelor? Like, it shouldn't be the women's responsibility to, like, carry the season, basically. Yeah. But But. it's, like, the formula is, like, the Bachelor or the Bachelorette is, like, the prince or the prince prince charming or the princess. So it's, like, they have to kind of cast this, like, very angelic light over them to make sure that America, like, gets behind them and wants them to win. But honestly, I think that's so outdated, and I think America wants somebody that's relatable, not... Yeah. But I still think that, like, even with the Bachelorette seasons, like, the Bachelorettes are all, like, they seem cool and fun, and, like, we get to see their personalities. Mm -hmm. And, um... I'm just like, why can't you just choose a man that will bring that same energy? Like, Maybe there's just not as many why? men with good personality. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Spitting truth. Yeah. And but. I just – I felt like this with Clayton too. Like Clayton and Zach kind of like live in the same place in my brain where I just felt like they were being shoved down our throats for what reason? I'm like, I don't – need to watch an entire season of this person I'm sure they're they're perfectly nice like they seem like nice people yeah but at the same time I'm like I I need proof that like I should be rooting for this person right there's nothing like really heartwarming about their stories which is fine like like I don't I'm not saying you have to be like come from like a tragic background or anything but right there's nothing that really relates me to them in a way where I'm like I just want him to be happy like I really don't care (laughs) (laughs) yeah either way I will say I mean to bring it on a positive note like the more episodes I've seen of Zach like I do like him like a minuscule amount more Mm -hmm. (laughs) than I did at the beginning um, I mean, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He seems to make, like, rational decisions so far. Yeah, I like that he's decisive yeah. and he isn't, like, you know, like, dragging the girls along just for uh, TV's sake or whatever, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I mean... But then I remember on the After the Final Rose when he called Bailey Balin, and I'm like, okay, morning, this is tragic. <laughs> she literally gave him, like, a memory hook, like a limerick to remember her name is Bailey, a completely normal name that people have. And then he comes up and says, the morning Balin. <laughs> like, what is that? I'm dying, but yeah, what Balin is not a name. Balin's um, not a name. And what is the morning Balin like referring to? Like, that's not that's a thing. That's not a thing. That's not a limerick. Um, but no, yeah, that was tragic. But also I'm like, I've also never been, like, caught off guard on live TV, so I don't know what I would say either. Um, Hopefully not that, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I just... probably never know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we hope that... What? Who do you think is, like, gonna... Do you have a sense of, like, who you think is gonna win? I think Katie wins. Okay, wow. I need to rewatch that date, then. I really do. I mean... I don't know why, but even from, like, before they even met each other, I was like, I just feel like she does. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
I would have said Greer for Bachelorette, but there was already a controversy. Um. Like before the first episode even ended, she was like tweeting her apology. Yeah, so I, I don't. I really don't know. Maybe um, Charity for Bachelorette. Yes, that would be so good. Yeah. Um, she seems just like really sweet and genuine. Yeah. I also really like Jess, but she's like very young. Like a lot of them are really young, young. but. I mean, I remember, I don't know how old they used to be. Like, I mean, there's so many differences from when the show first started. I was talking to Neek about it the other day. Neek is my husband. Um, Like on the first seasons of The Bachelor, like back in 2002, um, they wouldn't even kiss until like the final two maybe. Yeah, it was, like, a big deal, whoever got, like, the first kiss or whatever. Yeah, so I was trying to remember. I was, like, how old were these, like, contestants when they, I first started? I mean, I was, like, 12, <laughs> obviously, when I first started watching <laughs> they it. They were, like, so 19. Me, <laughs> like, oh, they're so – they're not, like, old, but I was, like, they're old enough to, like, yeah. date and, like, get married. So I don't know if they were, like, 22, 23. Like, these contestants seem so young, and now that we're, like, in our 30s, they obviously feel very – very young to us Mm -hmm. um because I'm like who is just graduating college and like once I mean obviously a lot of people do get married like right after college but yeah I don't know I can't imagine being like single at 23 and being like I need to get married like yeah absolutely not I understand if you've been in a relationship for a long time and you're like okay I'm ready to get married but yeah, I just yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't one hundred percent buy the sentiment. It's hard um, to believe that that many young people are all there for to get the married. right reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which and yeah, not to invoke that saying, but <laughs> right. And I'm like, it doesn't even matter if they're there for the right reasons or not. Like, obviously, not all of them can win. So it's like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're gonna have that in the back of your head where you're like, at least if I don't win, like maybe this could snowball into. A career like that's not yeah. like a bad thing to think I don't think yeah um it's and just it's not human. it shouldn't be I think that the you know the more we progress through time the less like of a scandal that will become because mm-hmm. it's just like you go on the bachelor to either win or get followers on Instagram and make money especially <laughs> like, because like being in the public eye or being like somebody that people want to follow is a career now like that wasn't really like unless you were Paris Hilton like that wasn't something that was realistic for a lot of people and now it is so I mean that's understandable like yeah who doesn't doesn't want to make ten thousand dollars for a post on Instagram like exactly sugar bear hair (laughs) tight tummy tea or whatever (laughs) It's so just funny. pure poison. <laughs> poison yourselves. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts? Um, yeah. I I mean, I was shocked that Christina went home, but we will definitely see her on Paradise for sure. Yeah. We didn't even mention I was shocked that the morning Balin went home. Yeah. He was kind of like cold to her. And I was... I know. I mean, she seemed like a nice girl and I understand like just there not being a connection and I kind of mm-hmm. applaud him for being honest about that because yeah. she was looking for kind of some reassurance and if he wasn't able to offer that then obviously you have to be honest but yeah, yeah I was kind of shocked because I did 
kind of see her as somebody that could be the bachelorette or like go pretty mm-hmm. far. Agreed. Um, and then uh, Brianna also went home. So people are like self-eliminating. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I always find funny because at the end of the day, our, like you know that they actually had hope for a relationship. And if they're not, if it's not working out, they're like, okay, I'm ready to go. They're not trying to like stay for any other reason. Um, yeah. And I liked Brianna. I think she just needed some anxiety medication or something. I think that she, I think she's one of the ones where her age was really showing. Yeah. And she just needed a lot of reassurance Mm -hmm. and she was, she seemed like she was a little bit insecure, like with the whole Christina thing Mm -hmm. and which, you know, rightfully so I can't speak to her experience or anything, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I think that she just seemed a little young. She was also drop dead gorgeous, and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we see her on Paradise. Um, I know. I was really hoping that she would like stick around for a while because mm-hmm. she seems like a a cool, nice person. But mm-hmm. but now, um, I feel like America's Rose is going to be like the kiss of death or something. <laughs> yeah, doing that. Like, I don't think anybody's going to want to get that. Yeah, um, they're all going to be like, I got it from America and not from him. But I was saying if they can like do a little voting thing and choose like America's Rose like on live TV, why can't they do that for The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Like, yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather America vote on who they want to be? I think that that's a great idea. If they want to keep things exciting, that's what they should do this next. Well, not let's not do it for The Bachelorette, but let's do it for The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, because usually The Bachelorette, um, the only one I haven't really loved was Katie. Katie. Same. <laughs> we both said it at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But. They've been pretty good. I'll say that. The Bachelorettes have been. Yeah. Even though the last season was a bit of a mess. I love Gabby. I still like the girls. Yeah. I know I love Gabby. Did you see Rachel, pilot Rachel and uh what's his face? Clayton. Claytor. What? No. Claytor? Hey, <laughs> Michelle um Michelle Young posted a TikTok where Rachel and Clayton were hanging out together. So oh, wow. there's rumors swirling that. that they're back oh, together. Rachel. You can do better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So more to come on Bachelor Universe, Bachelor Nation. We'll be back (laughs) talking about it next week. Yeah. So the next things I have are just kind of like some uh, one-off shows that we've been watching. Um, The first one is Poker Face. Yes. Which is a new Peacock show. From Ryan Johnson, who did the Knives Out movies. Yes. Um, absolutely sensational. No love. Notes. I love a fresh take on a procedural. Yeah. Because um, it gives, like, the way it is very predictable in, like, how the episodes go. It mm-hmm. gives, like, Law and Order, <laughs> like, those yeah. kind of, like, very, like, staple shows where – I could see it going on for a very long time. Yeah, it gives Columbo, which is I've never actually watched, but I know like the references. Mm-hmm. And so it is really fun. So if, you know, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, um it's basically like a 
a mystery of the week or like crime of the week show where mm-hmm. we have um, one central main character who's played by Natasha Leone, who I love. Yeah. And um, I just love seeing her in like a show leading role like this. Yeah. Um, similar with Russian doll. But basically she's kind of um, on the run and she is uh, driving across the country and she finds herself um somehow surrounded by crimes that happen (laughs) every week. And um, basically there's a different story every week. There's a different guest cast every week, which is like the guest cast has been so good. Yeah. Like I love Um, seeing people pop up and being like, oh my God, like you don't really know who's going to be in each episode. Yeah. Um, And that's what's fun about it. Like Chloe Sevigny has been – yeah. There. Um Judith Light. Yep. Um who Lorel. Lorel Howery. Um he was great. Um, yeah. That episode and was giving vengeance. Have you seen Vengeance? Yeah. It like reminded yeah, it was me of giving that a vengeance. Lot. I um, loved that. Yeah, so and so something that's really unique about it is it like shows you the murder. At the beginning of the episode, like, you know who did it. And then it just kind of shows how she comes about, how she figures it out. So it's not like you're sitting there trying to figure it out. You're just kind of watching this person and in the way her mind works. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's not like a whodunit per se. It's like a how do you figure out whodunit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And... It walks that fine line between being fun and kitschy, but not corny, if yeah. that makes sense. Because it is kind of yeah. like the the concept is kind of goofball, like how is she yeah. witnessing this many murders? Like, but right. um, yeah, it's it, it's a fun watch, and there's a lot of humor tied into it too. There's so. a lot of humor, and it's like it, the things that are going on are like serious and like creepy and you know but you never feel that like weight in the show it's kind of just like this is a thing that happened and now we're gonna like laugh as we figure out how it happened yeah yeah no I I'm really really enjoying it and I'm looking forward to each episode for sure me too there's only five out at this point I think it comes out on Thursdays okay so so tomorrow we'll be in one I'm excited for the next one. Um, do you have a favorite episode so far? I really liked um, the first one with the subway guy, the guy that yeah. worked at Subway. I liked mm-hmm. that one. That was, like, exciting to me. And, like, the villain was really, like, villainous. I don't know. Yeah. And then I really liked the um, retirement home one with Judith Light. Yeah. yeah. That one was really funny. Mm-hmm. I think um, – I really enjoyed the pilot, actually, Mm -hmm. just to kind of get the table setting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love Adrian Brody, who has a guest role in that one. Um, And I also really liked, um, I think it's called Rust in Metal, the Chloe Mm -hmm. Sevigny metal band one. I love seeing her. She's just, she's like epitome of like cool. Like no matter what she's doing, I'm like, she's cool. Like I want to be like (laughs) (laughs) Um, She is. Um, yeah, yeah so. no, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. And Benjamin Bratt, who I haven't seen yeah. since 
probably miscongeniality. <laughs> yeah. So here for he his looks, renaissance. He looks good. He does. He's aged very nicely. Yeah. Hot. Hot. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next thing that we both watched recently, um, we watched The Traitors in its entirety. Yes. Um, yes. Another Peacock show, right? Another Peacock show. Um, the premise is it's a it's a reality game show, um, but half of the cast are reality stars from other shows, and half of the cast are just new people, like everyday like nurses and um, people that have never been on TV before. And the and the whole um, the game is that they all moved into this castle in Scotland, and um, it's very like Sherlock Holmes vibes. Um, a lot of plaid, like it's decorated really cool. Like you're staying in like in like in the Loch Ness monsters house. It's supposed to be Alan Cummings like castle, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Alan Cumming is the host, and he's hilarious, and he plays it perfectly where it's like very over the top like murder Mm -hmm. and um it's just very entertaining but the premise is that on night one Alan Cumming chooses three people to be traitors in the house and nobody obviously knows who those people are so the whole point is like the um what do they call the non-traitors the faithfuls. The faithfuls have to kind of weed out who they think the traitors are. Um, and so it's a lot of like hushed conversations in the library. And um, and then the, the traitors meet every night um, under the cover of moonlight. And they <laughs> like discuss who they want to kick off the show. So if they know that someone's on to them, those, that person's probably going to get murdered that night. So um, they'll show up to breakfast the next day and somebody's gone because they got murdered in the middle of the night. Um, And when I say murdered, obviously, it's not really murdered. (laughs) But um, so it's just fun. It's like goofy. And but like we got really into it to where like, yeah, you don't really know who knows what. And there's a lot of suspicions being thrown around. And it's like it's like that game we used to play as kids like I've heard several different names for it but I think I called it sardines mm. where it's like somebody's assigned to be like the killer and Mm-mm. you have to like figure out who it is um, yeah and it also kind of gave a little bit of claim to fame which was another ABC reality yep. show that we both really enjoyed um yep and yeah, basically, you know, all these people in the same house slash castle um, trying to complete these challenges in order to gain, like, immunity or a second chance or things like that. And, um, yeah. you know, that's a formula that works, apparently. Yeah, and it's based <laughs> off of a UK show, The Traders. So, and I've heard that the original is really good, too, so I might try to look that up and watch it Ooh, that but I, watch. I did just see it's gotten renewed for a second season Thank um, God. <laughs> and Andy Cohen's about to host a reunion so oh nice yeah so we'll get to see like because that's one thing I thought was missing like at the end like it reveals who wins and then like it's just mm-hmm. kind of over and I'm like no now I yeah. want to see everyone's commentary about like what they think happened and like 
now that everyone has watched it and seen what everyone else has said, like, it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see everybody's, like, thoughts about it. Yeah. I know. That's always something that I love to see with reality shows is, like, people having to reckon with the things that they've said throughout the (laughs) Yeah, that's why the reunions are always the, the best, the best part. Yeah. And one thing I really liked, you know, we were talking about Alan Cumming and um, I just thought he did such a great job. And I loved those kind of little, you know, one-off moments where we could see him interacting with the contestants. And he actually seemed like he had a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And he was um, he was giving the vibe that he was like a fan of the show, if that makes sense. Like rather than just being the host, he was yeah. like into what was going on. Yeah. And I think that that is um, something that hosts don't do enough at least you know on the bachelor for example right (laughs) yeah I like to see people like being into it as if they're a fan right yeah totally and his outfits were impeccable absolutely (laughs) iconic (laughs) iconic um so yeah looking forward to all that's to come for the traders yeah if y'all haven't watched it you need to and you don't have to know like there were some people like I've never watched Survivor and there were people from Survivor and Big Brother um there were also people from Bravo shows that I have watched so you don't have to know who the people are too yeah the only person I knew was Ari the Bachelor Ari from the Bachelor was on it who came out looking a lot better in my estimation than he did as The Bachelor. So yeah, I appreciated he that. He did as a lot well. of reputation uh, fixing on rehab. rehab yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I can't wait to see additional seasons and maybe we should try and seek out the UK version yeah. and watch that. Yeah. Let us know if y'all want us to watch that and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we'll probably do as like an ongoing recap mm-hmm. um is jeopardy we're jeopardy girlies yeah we and love trivia <laughs> we one love thing about trivia. us is we love trivia <laughs> um so yeah i think it's been i mean i've always kind of casually watched jeopardy like if it was on or but it's since the pandemic and we had um YouTube TV so we could record things like I've consistently watched it every single night and kind of got like if somebody's on a streak we kind of get like behind them become (laughs) fangirls and like want them to keep going um yeah same with me I don't think I've ever watched it like in that capacity I've only ever watched it where I'm just like okay new group of people right And I also feel like it's the one thing I watch consistently where I'm learning. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, not just mindless, and I kind of can practice, like, being quick on my feet. Um, Yeah. And kind of feel a sense of pride if I get a question that I feel like was kind of difficult. Like, there's been times where nobody buzzes in, and I know the answer. And I'm like, oh, my God. We feel so smart. Yeah, so – um, not Especially that I, if it's a final Jeopardy moment. It's final Jeopardy or if it's it. like the $2,000 clue. Yeah. Um, not that I feel like I could like go on Jeopardy and do well. Like I don't <laughs> think I would be very good at buzzing and I think I would be very nervous. Nervous. Yeah, um, I don't know if I could handle the pressure. So the people that go on just kind of feel like very intellectual and not really like care so much about the fact that they're on tv I mean some of them you can tell that they're nervous 
But mm-hmm. I think a lot of them have that like confidence of somebody who just knows a lot. Yeah. Um, that's enough to overcome the nerves of being on stage in front of an audience and on TV. Yeah. Um, Which is admirable. Very admirable. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I would probably cry or something, but yeah. it's just fun. And it's a, it's something that like you can do with like your whole family and make it a tradition and yeah. learn something and, I like I'm excited if I have kids one day to like watch Jeopardy with them. So Yeah, totally. Um and then it's there's so Celebrity Jeopardy which just, just ended. Ended. Yep. Which was really fun because the questions are so much They're easier. So easy. I feel like I'm a genius. They're like <laughs> elementary school level. Um yeah. which is so funny. Um because, I mean, the people that they have on, they're not, like, not that I'm just saying they're dumb by any means, but it's just funny that how how the lo- how much the level is different yeah. <laughs> going from Jeopardy to Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, yeah. There's definitely, I mean, it's so much easier to kind of pinpoint the people who are, like, actually, like, watched Jeopardy, like, their mm-hmm. entire lives, and, like, they, they literally just know how it's done. Because one thing I think that is not like thought about when it comes to trivia is like the way there's an art to the way that they phrase questions on Jeopardy. That's different than normal, like bar trivia. Um, And if you don't really understand how to read the writer's questions, phrasing, phrasing and how they think and how they ask questions, then it, Mm -hmm. I can see how it would be confusing to like you would hear the answer and be like oh that makes sense but you wouldn't be able to think of it yeah and I think something that people you know like forget or don't know is that when you when you pick a clue from the board that's actually the answer and that's why you have to phrase the response in a question is because you're 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 giving the question to the answer basically Mm -hmm. which is something like once you figure that out, I feel like it becomes a lot easier because the answer is there in the clue. You just have to right um, put the pieces together. And one thing that I find helpful for regular Jeopardy, especially, is there's often context clues where if you necessarily don't know the answer, but you know something about the answer, you can kind of make an educated, yeah, you can make a very educated guess and you'll be right. Probably 80% of the time. Um, so, and a lot of the time, if you like, sometimes when I'm watching, if I, um, hear the clue given, but I don't know what category it's from, I'm like, Oh, the answer is there like in the category. I just like miss that part. So yeah, it's definitely, there is an art to, to it like it's once you figure out all these things like it becomes a lot easier than it seems but I mean it's still it's still just like trivia so there are all these kind of like minutia things that you have to know as well Mm -hmm. for sure yeah I I enjoy watching it we watch it while we eat dinner um yeah and it's especially if you record it like you can get through the episode in like 10 minutes because you fast forward the commercials. It's only like three <laughs> segments. And I always usually fast yeah. forward through their little anecdotes because they're a lot of times awkward. And... I never listen to those. <laughs> I listen sorry, to them for Celebrity Jeopardy because 
And that's another interesting thing. You can tell how much more comfortable the celebrities are on camera and like telling stories, which makes sense because they're used to it. But yeah, the the anecdotes for the regular contestants are sometimes hard to watch. So I fast forward. Yeah. Were you, spoiler alert for anyone who's not caught up on Celebrity Jeopardy but wants to be, um, were you surprised by the winner? I wasn't surprised. I kind of thought, so the three finalists were Patton Oswalt, Ike Barinholtz, and Will Wheaton. Um, and I thought Patton might pull it out because he was just very quick, I felt like, with the buzzer. Yeah. Um, but Ike Barinholtz won. And we love him. Yeah, by like a dollar. Yes, yes. Uh, we love him from the Mindy Project. We love him yeah. in anything he's in. He's hilarious. Um, yeah. And I was, I mean, not that I ever didn't think he was smart, but I was like very delighted to see how much he knew. Um, yeah. Him, it was between, I I thought that he was going to win, but like you, I was like, Patton is just like really crushing right now Mm -hmm. and I knew like Will Wheaton is super smart as well but I didn't think that he had kind of like the aggressiveness that Mm -hmm. you need to um and um, kind of and the confidence to like wager a lot on double wagering strategy is so important like if you don't have that you can get all the questions right but still lose because somebody else got a daily double and was ballsier in their wager um no, but that's yeah. the part where I would like. I think that I still need to figure out like final Jeopardy wagers ra- wagering strategy because I'm like, how did these people come up with these numbers? It just like is something that I can't wrap my mind around. <laughs> yeah, I think it's easiest if you're in the lead to figure out yeah. like how much you can bet and still win if you lose. If you're like, way yeah, but far you have to anticipate like what everyone else is going to wager mm-hmm. to. Yeah, so. And like how likely you are to get it right, and all of that. That's kind of another stuff you layer, have to take like into consideration. Yeah, another layer to yeah. it. There's layers to it. Um, layers. But yeah, I was happy. Uh, a person that I thought would go farther that didn't was B.J. Novak. I thought he would for mm-hmm. sure win, and he didn't, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, and Michael Sarah did really, really good. I know. Once he got the confidence, like he made some big double jeopardy wagers, which is like what saved him mm-hmm. um but yeah he was he was one like one of the only celebrities where you could like tell that they were nervous but mm-hmm. that's just like his vibe <laughs> I would have so liked to see a woman in the finals I you always want to see a woman that goes on like a really long streak like Amy Schneider um I know so I need more women to sign up for Jeopardy so they can dominate come on girlies but yeah, yeah. same but yeah so we'll probably be, you know, mentioning that at least every And we episode. might include some trivia, a little right. trivia game here and there. Yeah. So our plan is typically to um, end episodes on trivia or some sort of game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we've, like, landed on, like, one thing to do, but... Um, yeah, we plan so... To end on a game. Yeah, the structure will probably usually be, like, intro... And some pre-show chatter, um, like what, just catching up. And then our watching up segment, oh, we have to do that. And yeah. then um, a game or some sort of 
like fun way to end the episode. Um, so yeah. it'll be broken into three parts usually. Yeah. So um, do you want to do a letterbox roundup? Sure. All right. So if anyone listening uh, doesn't know what letterboxed is, it's it basically it's like Goodreads, but for movies um, where you can like log the th- the movies that you watch and you can rate and review them. And it's definitely become a bit of an addiction for us, I think, over the last year um, where we've just kind of been obsessed with just going in and giving our little review of the movies that we watch. Um, so it's really fun. And y'all can follow us if you'd like to. Yeah. I'm at Rachel High. And I'm at MHI2490. All right. So shall we just do what we watched over the last week? Yeah, let's do that. I only have three. Okay. Let me pull mine up. Okay. I only have two, actually. Okay. I can go first. Um, um, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I went to see Knock at the Cabin last Friday night, mm-hmm. opening night, um, which I love doing for a movie that with a lot of anticipation because obviously the theater was packed. The vibes were on. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's M. Night Shyamalan's latest feature. He hasn't come out with a movie since old. I don't know. And that wasn't like, I liked it. But it wasn't like super well received. I think it was kind of like half and half. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Um, You're going to maybe be mad. But for me, this movie really solidified a fact that Dave Bautista is is an actor. (laughs) And Rachel has some has had some issues with seeing him in movies, but, um, I have not. Oh, you have I just think his head is wrinkly, <laughs> <laughs> which you're not wrong about, but, um, he has range and it was so apparent yeah. in this role. And I don't think the movie would have worked without him. Basically yeah. he carried this movie and all, of, all of the performances were great, but the, his character was essential to the storyline and it was such a nuanced performance where you have to be kind of menacing and very empathetic at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he pulled it off and it wasn't an easy task. So I, I really, really was impressed with him in this film. Um, Yeah. I haven't seen it. Do you think I could see it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's not, Um, it's not pure horror. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to like give away, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's not. So I think Shyamalan kind of put himself in a box early in his career with coming out with like all these very twisty movies. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people I think were disappointed in this one because there's not really a twist. Um, Yeah. And that's not really a spoiler. You you still will kind of go back and forth, like, in the movie thinking what is happening. But mm-hmm. I don't need that. Like, sometimes I feel like it's very hard to pull off a twist. And I think a lot of people 
don't like you if you're trying to pull off a twist you're gonna have half and half like some people are gonna think it worked and some people are gonna think it did not work yeah so it's like why corner yourself into that situation when you could just tell a really good story right Right. so I think that's what he did here and it worked for me um I, I have not read the book I've heard that it the ending diverges from what the book how the book ends um mm-hmm. but I I wasn't mad at it I I I really liked it and I'll probably honestly see it again when it goes on streaming nice yeah yeah just to clear my name a little bit I do not have an <laughs> issue with Dave Bautista <laughs> I do take issue with I guess like giving more credit than is due like I think when we a lot of people when they see someone like a wrestler doing something out of what they're known for, like outside of the realm of what they're known for, there's a tendency to just like call them great just Mm -hmm. because they are better than we thought they would be at it. Someone like John Cena or The Rock, they're both great, but like they're, it's not like they're going to be winning Oscars. Okay. So I can say this with confidence (laughs) and some people might be mad. Dave Bautista's performance in this movie is better than anything The Rock has done. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing is like, yeah, there is... Not that I don't love The Rock. I'm very entertained by his movies and I think he's funny. But like the level of acting, the level of emotion he he kind of gave to this character was like on another level. Yeah, like, if you can prove yourself to me, then by all means, like, I'll give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Uh, but that, I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to, to no, I know. I'm, I'm saying it for the listeners. For the listeners. Um, okay. So, the first thing I watched in the last week um, is a movie called The Slums of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm which is a 1998 movie directed by Tamara Jenkins. I think it was her uh, debut. Um, she's also directed a few other movies. Uh, the one that I've seen is Private Life, which was a Netflix movie with Katherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti that I also really enjoyed. Um, she's also known for a movie called The Savages, which is on my list to watch. Um, but this movie stars Natasha Lyonne, so I was like in a moment. And um, it's basically, it's kind of just like a coming of age um, about a girl in the 70s. Um, it's a comedy. It was really funny. Um, I, I just thought it was really enjoyable watch. So I gave it four stars. Um, did you say what you gave Knock at the Cabin? Oh, no, I gave it three and a half. And I think maybe we should like talk about our ranking strategy too at some point. Because yeah. I... The method to the madness. Method to the madness. I wavered between four and three and a half, but to me, a four star is like something I feel like is very special. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Not that I didn't think Knock at the Cabin was that, but if I give something three and a half stars, that means I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And it, it might seem like, oh no, that's only like, what, 60%? Like, I don't know what what the math works out to, but... yeah. Um, Three stars for me is, like, good. Three and a half stars is, like, really, really good. Four stars is, like, insane, amazing. Four and a half is, like, damn near perfect. Yeah. And then five stars is obviously perfection. No changes, no notes. 
So anything less than three for you is just kind of meh. Yeah, it's like, mid, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm like not quite as scientific with it. I just, I go off vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I know that everyone everyone has a different like you know, sliding scale as far as how they rate things. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, it's not a tall task really to get a five star. Um, but it does mean that I've like enjoyed pretty much every aspect of the movie. Mm. Um, I would say for me, three and a half or three is kind of just like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then three and a half is like, it was, it was fine and I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so three and a half is kind of like on the higher end of uh, good. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to four, it's like, I'm pretty much like, yeah, I like vibed the whole time. I didn't like have any complaints really about um, too much of it. I'll tend to give four stars to movies that I really enjoy, but I thought were like too long mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, where I like, you know, there were points where I kind of got bored or anything, but, but yeah, that's kind of my, my science behind it. Yeah. And it's important to note that like, this is all subjective, like, <laughs> yeah. mad at us. <laughs> like, um, somebody's three and a half might not be good. Somebody's three and a half might mean really right. good. So it's like, it's just like kind of a nebulous ranking system yeah. it doesn't and really you can't compare apples to oranges no. like yeah I'm not gonna like yeah. put Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory up against Schindler's List I think they're probably both <laughs> five-star films and that's fine yeah like you know totally all right what's your second one that you watched um okay so then obviously I got on a Shyamalan kick and I wanted to watch The Village which I'd never seen and I had read was kind of one of his more underrated movies that was not kind of um, received well when it first came out in 2004, um, but kind of over the years has grown a cult following and like a lot of fans. So I watched it. It stars um, Bryce Dallas Howard and um, Joaquin Phoenix and a lot of other people. And I don't want to Oh, actually, I can pull it up. There's so many people in this movie. Let me just read some of them. Adrian Brody, William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Brendan Gleeson. Like, the cast is stacked. stacked. Judy Greer. Um, yeah, like, Jesse Eisenberg, who has, like, no lines. Maybe, like, one. <laughs> so young. Um, but, so it opens on this kind of puritanical village where they live very, very humbly. And like, you can tell there's some sort of like way of life there that they have elders and like, they're very protective over the children and like, no one's allowed to leave the village and they're very kind of protective and scared of the others, which you assume is like another village or just people from the town that they don't want anybody like in contact with. And it kind of happens that they end up needing some sort of medicine that they don't have available for one of their um, members of the village. So somebody has to go and kind of 
um, brave the forest in order to get the medicine from the town. And I will say I maybe did a little too much reading before I watched it because I knew kind of the twist. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if I had gone into it blind, I would have, my mind might have been a little more blown. Um, Yeah. But it was really good. All the performances were really good. Um, It was kind of this slow but very creepy pace where Mm -hmm. you don't really know at the beginning where it's going or what the, what the hero's journey is going to be. Um, and you don't really find that out until even more than halfway through the movie. So, um, I really liked it. The, the visuals were really good. And Mm -hmm. there's some parts where that actually did, like, I like actually audibly gasped. Which, like, I love that. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite movies is Signs, and, like, there's those moments yeah. where, like, like, something happens, and it's just, it's not even right. scary, but the way he shows it, it kind of takes your breath away. Um, yeah. And it, it had a couple of those moments, and I really, really enjoyed it. I also gave it three and a half stars and a heart. Um, nice. So... I never give out hearts. I never <laughs> think about it. If you haven't seen that, um, and let it let me know what you think. I, I think yeah. I think I don't know. Shyamalan seems like the type of horror director that you can handle. Can handle yeah, yeah. I was just looking at his filmography. Um, I've seen a total of three of his movies out of fifteen. I think. Yeah, uh, twelve. Okay. No. 16 sorry um so I've seen the happening oh I haven't seen that one was it good no okay (laughs) if I remember I haven't seen it in a while I heard the performances are bizarre that's that's yeah (laughs) that's the criticism I heard yeah I've seen split oh split is really good I thought was it was good Mm -hmm. yeah and then obviously signs which is iconic and a masterpiece I think it's his best film yeah Um, I mean I didn't see The Sixth Sense when it first came out. I think we were too young. But obviously, I think if I had had the in-theater experience with that film that a lot of people had, I might rank it higher. I saw it a lot later in life, and I obviously knew the twist. Yeah, it's unfortunate to, like, have those things that are just, like, there's no way you don't know the twist. Right, (laughs) right. It's been so long, and, like, it's just such a part of culture that you can't really avoid knowing right love signs I've watched it countless times and you know it's so good yeah all right the other thing I watched uh was Chungking Express which is a 94 film from Wong Kar Wai um who's a director that I've been like wanting to dive into a little bit um I think Chungking Express is um Maybe his best known in the mood for love is another one. Um, but basically it's a story. It's kind of um, intersecting stories, I guess. So there's two acts to it. And both of them are different stories of two people falling in love, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is uh, a detective who falls in love with this kind of like woman who is very mysterious and is kind of running like an underground 
drug ring, I believe is what she's doing. Um, and she's kind of like one of those just like femme fatale, like dangerous women that you don't know a lot about her. Um, but they meet and they fall in love. Uh, so that was the first act. It was a, a bit shorter than the second act, um, which was between another cop who uh, basically, I guess he's like a surveillance cop that um, that serves an area surrounding this like uh, late night diner. Not really a diner. It's like just a stand where you can go get food, really. Mm-hmm. But he falls in love with the girl that's working there. Um, they fall in love with each other. And it's kind of a hard movie to like recap. Uh, but, you know, is it's just it kind foreign of like language? Yeah, it's Chinese. Okay, Chinese. And yeah, it was really good. I was able to go see it at the Draft House. Oh, cool. Um, I love when they so, do those special showings. Yeah, and I do find like, especially with foreign language films, I've talked about how easily I get distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, I need to pay attention to read the mm-hmm. subtitles. So it makes it a lot easier if I have the opportunity to like go to a theater and watch it. I also love how... Um, they've kind of become more popular in American zeitgeist um, since uh, Parasite won Best Picture. Um, And now it's kind of more normal, which it should be to seek out foreign language films and films that are like highly regarded around the world because there's so many artists out there that are doing Mm -hmm. such amazing work that we should be seeking out those stories too yeah absolutely um it takes place in hong kong i should say that um so yeah it was good i would recommend it i gave it four stars um it has some really really great needle drops in it um it's pretty much the same two songs over and over but like every time they come on i'm like yeah (laughs) like it's one of those like fist bumping moments um but yeah Definitely enjoyed my time watching that. My gosh, I have so much to watch. <laughs> okay, my last one, and I won't, I think we're running long, but um, <laughs> uh, the last thing we watched was If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, oh, I love that. Which I hadn't seen. Um, from 2018, Barry Jenkins' film based on James Baldwin's novel. Um <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it was such it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, so heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. Um, yeah. And just so beautifully shot and lit and the story told in such a unique way. Um, highly recommend. The The lead performances were spectacular Kiki Lane and Stephen James. Um, Regina King obviously won her Oscar Thank right God. for this movie yeah yeah and um yeah it, it 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 exceeded my expectations I gave it four stars and a heart and my review was just the heartbreak emoji um <laughs> that was my number one movie of that year that it came out it was so beautiful and like it yeah he Barry Jenkins has kind of a way of transporting you in some way where as soon as mm-hmm. the film opened you just feel like you're in their world. And yeah. um yeah, I loved it. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's a very um 
harsh look at uh, policing in America and um, yeah. racism and love and black love. And it's just beautiful. So I highly recommend. Definitely. Everyone should watch it. That is when I started turning on Bohemian Rhapsody that year because it got a Best Picture nomination and Beale Street got left out. <gasps> and I was like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely not. But thank, thank God Regina King got her Oscar because yeah, such a good performance. Such a good performance. She's so talented and deserved yeah. it. Definitely. All right. Any other things that you wanted to go over or any last thoughts? We got to do watching up really quick or we got to sign. I almost forgot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is the whole point of the podcast is watching up. So this week I'll I'll just go ahead and I'm going to sign you. Nope. I know you have not seen it. (laughs) It is on Peacock for free. Yeah. Um, and I need you to watch it. You don't have to watch it in the dark. <laughs> there yeah, is. It was like I was. I I will say there's most of it. I think you'll be fine with. Um, there's one part, and I think you know which part where it did kind of creep me out. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it was because I was seeing it in the theater, and it was like very large on the screen. Yeah. Um, I think watching it at home might be a different experience but yeah I think you'll enjoy it um it's definitely the largest scale film that Jordan Peele's ever done um Mm -hmm. so it has kind of his humor weaved into it with like the scale of like a Spielberg movie so right it was it's 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 a fun ride and I think you'll enjoy it yeah, this is one that I've like thought about putting on mm-hmm. like quite a few times since it's been on Peacock, but it's never the right time. I'm like maybe I n- I probably need to watch it in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you'll understand why I'm upset that it got left out of the cinematography mm-hmm. Oscar nomination. Yeah, it'll be nice to have some context. I mean, it got shut out completely, so <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) So it'll be nice to have some context for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I'm going to give you one that did not get shut out of the Oscars. Um, And just, you know, just to let everyone know, we are choosing for this week, we're choosing films that we both missed in the year 2022. Yeah, I should have probably said that first, but. um, So for you, I'm going to give you Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Probably the complete opposite <laughs> of no, <laughs> the most like wholesome little movie that I saw last year. It's actually um, shocking that I haven't watched this yet because I <laughs> watched the YouTube video that came out when I was in college about a million times. Yeah. I love Marcel. It, it was so popular. Yeah. Um, and I never, I didn't realize that it was Jenny Slate probably until like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, which was fun to come to the realization of but she's great um the story's great it's just like such a cute little movie and I like liked it way more than I expected to so um I'm excited to hear what you think is of it, it streaming somewhere do we know how yeah, did up. I watch it I'm not sure okay um but yeah that that's what you're gonna be watching this week I'm excited yeah and we will be back next week. I think that we're planning on uploading on Wednesdays, but 
Um, I don't know if we, you know, it might take some time to work out those kinks and the schedule. Yeah, we're we're going to be posting every week, but the day is TBD. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any comments, questions, uh, email email us at watchinguppod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, we haven't posted anything, but <laughs> if you want, <laughs> if, if you wanna, yep. it's at Watching Up Pod. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for watching up with us this week, and we will see you same place next week. Love you, sis. Love ya. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say.